fact, they were asked to extend their assignment for a third year to fill in for a missionary who was going on furlough. And during that third year, um, they met a beautiful young lady, um, a Georgia peach. (laughs) Well, by now you figured out who this story is about probably, right? Um, It's my story. And um, Janet and I actually met on the mission field when we were both serving on assignments overseas in Brussels, Belgium. Janet, will you just stand, wave? Uh, For me, that was uh, quite a few years ago, but we've been married for 33 years now, and uh, it's just been a tremendous privilege and blessing for us to be involved in world missions and having a part in taking the gospel to people where they're at. And um, tonight you're going to see how we do that and maybe in a little different way than you might typically think of missions. You know, if you can imagine 30 plus years ago that I went overseas to be involved in media missions, uh, that was a time when there was no internet, there were no mobile phones, uh, the PC hadn't been invented. Uh, A lot of other things that we just, you know, take for granted and that we see everywhere in the world today, um, when you compare that to the time that we're living in now, it's just really amazing and incredible to see how technology has exploded all over the world. And I don't think that's just an accident. I don't think it's just because uh, people are really clever. I truly believe that one of the reasons that we have these kinds of tools and technologies today is so that the church can fulfill the Great Commission and to take the gospel to people where they are in a way that they can receive it. And uh, when you think about the things that are going on with media today, every minute 300 hours of content is uploaded to YouTube. Um, It's kind of mind-blowing when you realize that more people have access to a mobile phone in the world today than a flush toilet or a toothbrush, (laughs) that's both amazing and very frightening. (laughs) But what it tells us is that technology is everywhere, and it also says that people have a desire to communicate. And that's not an accident. That's because God created us to communicate with each other, and most of all, to uh, communicate with him. And we as the church have have the incredible privilege of being able to communicate the message of God's love for the world to them um, in so many different ways and missions. But media is one of the tools that we have today to be able to do that. I'm going to share a lot of different things with you about that tonight, but first let's just take a look at a short video to give you an idea of how media multiplies a message.
he who beats the drum does not know how far it goes is an African proverb. And I think really it's another way of, of saying what Jesus commanded us. He said, um, go and beat the drum to every creature in the world. Now, he didn't use exactly those words, we know. Um, he used words that we translate as preach the gospel, but we could very easily also use proclaim, announce, herald, make known, publish. Any of those things fit within the New Testament meaning of what God has called us to do as the church. Really, all it comes down to is taking the good news of Jesus to every person. And media allows us to do that in so many different ways. Um, at IMM, International Media Ministries, uh, we're committed to leveraging media technology to reach out to people and creating content that will engage them. And through that, our goal is to get Jesus on every screen. Um, I wish tonight, uh, Pastor Bill is going to be going to Madrid again and um, visiting our facility there soon. I wish he could take all of you along. But, and you probably do too. <laughs> but uh, that's not possible. But um, in lieu of that, uh, I want to show you another video that will give you a little tour of our facility in IMM. So let's look at that.
Over the years at IMM, um, we've produced many different kinds of programs, um, everything from children's television series to music videos to feature films and uh, a lot of things in between all of those. In recent years, we've had a very strong focus on developing um, story-based content, and especially stories that are from the Bible. And that's by design because one of the things that we've discovered is that the Bible doesn't go out of style. You know what? I mean, we could have a talk show and um, shoot that, and next year the fashion would be different, the hairstyles would change, all those kinds of things which date content. But uh, the scripture, because it's from a historical time period and those stories are defined that way, uh, they can live on and on and have a very extended life. And we've also discovered that stories from the Bible uh, communicate across cultures. It's almost as if some very smart person designed it that way. <laughs> well, we know that he did because the Holy Spirit inspired those stories. And they are containing truths that transcend culture, they transcend ethnicity, they transcend uh, religious background, they speak into the lives of people. And so we have put a strong emphasis on doing a variety of kind of content that dramatizes uh, stories from the Bible. And in particular, the last couple of years, we have focused on creating a new series of films called uh, Women of the Bible. And Women of the Bible um, is used to visualize the four stories from the Old Testament of the women who are mentioned in the New Testament genealogy of Jesus. So is it okay if I have a little quiz here tonight, Pastor? So it, those four ladies from the Old Testament who are mentioned in Jesus' ancestry are Rahab, Ruth? No. Tamar? And one more. Bathsheba. And so these are very powerful stories. They're not always really, when you look at them and read them, they're not necessarily what you would describe as Christian fairy tales or beautiful in every sense of the word because they're very gritty. In some aspects, they're kind of ugly stories. Um, but we believe that they're stories that God has allowed to be in the Bible because they illustrate the fact that he can restore, rescue, redeem, and change anyone's life. And he can use anyone in his kingdom. And so that's the message that we're trying to communicate with women, but also with others who would view these films. So I want to show you another um, little clip that talks about this in more detail. Denise Godwin is the director of IMM. Uh, before she took on that role, she was beginning as the producer and the director of these films. And so you get a sense of kind of her heart for what we're trying to accomplish. So let's look at that. 
we produce these films in our studio in Madrid, um, in Castilla in Spanish, and we use professional actors and actresses um, to help us develop a, a high-quality result. Um, there's some interesting stories that even have come out of that because most of the actors are not Christians. They are just actors that are looking for an opportunity to uh, perform and to use their their gifts uh, in a, um, a film kind of context. But we've had several of them who have become Christians as they have come and they've actually learned the scripts and been enveloped in the stories, their lives have been touched and changed and transformed. So we want to see that multiplied, not just to those individuals there, but to see many others who are in viewing audiences um, be impacted as well. Denise mentioned in that clip that uh, we were working on translating or dubbing um, our Rahab film into Arabic. And we recently completed that, and it's exciting for us to be able to announce that in the next couple of months, Rahab is going to be broadcast in Arabic on two of the largest Arabic networks that cover the Middle East and North Africa. Literally, the satellite footprints of these um, networks reach all the way from Morocco to Saudi Arabia. Hundreds of millions of homes, potentially, will be able to see this film. And so we want you to pray with us that those who see it will begin to understand that there is a God who loves them unconditionally, a God who can change and transform their life, a God who has a plan for their lives. And that's what we're working to accomplish through projects like Women of the Bible. Beyond developing content, we also are committed to trying to use technology in innovative ways to get um, biblical resources and outreach tools to those who need to hear the gospel. And so um, one way to illustrate this comes out of what has happened recently the past couple of years in Europe, where we've seen such a massive influx of refugees who come from Syria from Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan, parts of Africa, and by the hundreds of thousands, they have flooded into Europe. And like you, we saw the, the television reports, the news reports, and, and just the massive crowds of people coming in. We were grateful for missionaries and churches and relief ministries that reached out with compassionate care for them. But we were burdened because we wanted to do something to use media to reach out to them and to share the gospel with them because now they were in a setting where there weren't the same kinds of restrictions that had existed where they came from. And so as we began to explore the possibilities, we noticed um, perhaps what you noticed, and that is that in the hands of uh, many of those people, coming into Europe. They might not have anything but a backpack or, you know, a, a few possessions with them, but many of them, in their hands, they had one of these things, a mobile phone. And so as we looked at possibilities, we initially uh, started putting Christian video material and 
different language versions of the Bible in electronic form on micro SD cards that could be placed into mobile phones, and that would be a way that people could access that content. And then as we looked at other kinds of options, um, we developed another tool. And basically, it is a device that uh, is a portable Wi-Fi router. I don't want to get too technical here, but it's a small device that makes it possible to create a private network that's accessible via Wi-Fi. In fact, right now, uh, I have one of those, one of them, we call it the Hope Box, and I have one of them out in the foyer. You can stop by and look at it after the service and see how it works. But right now, if you were to look at your mobile phone and the available Wi-Fi networks, you would see that signal. And what that allows us to do is to provide immediate access to those refugees so that if someone is talking to them, bringing relief to them in some way, and then sharing Christ with them, and they say, would you be interested in having a Bible? Instantly, they can download that from the Hope Box to their own mobile phone, and it's right there in their hands, and they take it with them, as well as many other uh, Christian video materials and things that will help speak into their lives. So God has blessed us. We're partnering with with missionaries and outreach workers in Greece, in Austria, in Germany, in Belgium, in Spain, in Italy. And um, it's amazing to see how the Lord is blessing this just as a tool to distribute content to people where they're at. And as often happens with the Lord, um, his plans are bigger than ours. (laughs) You know, we have a certain idea in mind of how we're going to do something, and And then he opens up opportunities that are even uh, beyond that. And so as we have um, started working with this technology, other missionaries and other national workers who are particularly involved in outreach in restricted countries, uh, places where you can't just go and necessarily stand on the street corner and hand out Bibles to people, uh, where there are laws against trying to convert someone to Christ, this device allows us to literally make this kind of material available to people immediately in a coffee shop, on a bus, um, in many different venues. And I've got another short video to just help explain that a little better.
over the past um, year or so, we've placed these now in Iran, in Iraq, um, in Egypt. We have some going soon into Azerbaijan and to Turkey. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we delivered 12 of them to the General Superintendent of the Assemblies of God of Morocco. And um, Morocco is an amazing story. I was there about a year and a half ago myself. Um, They have churches all across the country now that are made up entirely of Muslim background believers. God is moving. But they've had workers that have been arrested and detained because they had boxes of Christian materials and other kinds of content. And so now this will be a way that they can make that material available directly to people on devices they already have, that they carry with them everywhere they go, and where they, the end user, has an interest and makes the connection. And uh, included in the way the system is designed, there's a way that uh, contact information can be given, and that can be downloaded from the Hope Box by the national worker or missionary and they can follow that up and actually uh, visit people or send them more materials. Um, But it's not just random. It's people who actually are looking for something and looking for hope. And so we think it's an incredible opportunity to use technology to take the gospel to where people are. All of what uh, really I've been talking about tonight, both in terms of content and technology, Um, It's for a purpose. It's not just so that we can say we produce things. It's not just so that we can say that we use technology. But it's to accomplish the goal of taking the good news of Jesus to every single person. Um, It really isn't even just about the methodology, but it's about a person who can change the life and the destiny of someone, and that person is Jesus. In John 12, 32, Jesus made a statement. Um, I think of it when I read this verse as um, really Jesus not just talking to the people who were there present at that moment, but prophetically he was speaking to us today in the church. And he said these words. He said that, I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all people to myself. Now, we know that from the scripture and the context, uh, an immediate application of that was his reference to what was going to happen on the cross, that he was going to be raised physically, and through that act of, of sacrifice, he would once and for all pay the price and the penalty for sin, so that every single person for eternity until he would return could be reconciled to the Father. But there's another application of that verse that I think uh, speaks to us today. Because when you look at the original Greek, the word that we translate in English as lifted up, it's a Greek word, hupsoo. And it means not only to physically lift or raise, but it also means to honor and exalt and raise to a position of glorification. 
And I really believe that one of the things that Jesus was trying to communicate, both then and now, is that if we will honor him, if we will exalt him, if we will proclaim who he is, if we will share with the world what he's done in our lives, if we'll take that message to people where they're at, that something powerful happens. As Christ is lifted up, people are drawn to him. We don't have to make that happen. We don't have to just uh, do it through entertainment or any kind of religious manipulation. The fact is that when people begin to see the price that Jesus paid for them and to understand how much God loves them, that he would send his own son, something reaches out to draw them. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to them. And so that is our goal in using media. It isn't about all the different formats. It isn't about the technical aspects. Those are all just uh, incidentals in order to communicate the message. What it's really about is the person of Jesus, because he is the one who's able to touch and change and transform lives. We can't do that, but he can. And when we proclaim him and people draw near to him, they come into his presence, just wonderful and amazing things can happen. We've seen that over and over again as we've been involved in different projects around the world and uh, used media as a way to speak to people that incredible things take place. I want to share one more story with you tonight. It's the story of a woman named Lila.
it wasn't just a video that we created to illustrate an idea, but it's the real testimony of a woman in a country where you and I could not go and openly proclaim the gospel, uh, where I could not serve as a missionary officially, um, a woman whose daughter was dying, and she saw a program on television about Jesus, and through a partner that we work with that um, is involved in online ministry, she was able to reach out and connect, and they led her to the Lord, and God miraculously healed her daughter. And, uh, <laughs> and now we're able to tell that story to others, literally tens of thousands of people in several Muslim countries have seen this video now. And they're hearing the same message that Jesus is a miracle maker. He's the only one who can really speak into the needs of our lives. And um, the wonderful thing about that is that not only do we get to proclaim that to the world, but we get to experience it as well. Because Jesus isn't just concerned about people overseas, although there are many uh, billions of people who still need to hear a clear witness of the gospel. And that is it's critical for the church to follow that mandate. But the truth is that um, Jesus cares about each of us. And he's our miracle maker too. He's the one who can touch our lives. He's the one who can bring healing to our bodies. He's the one who can uh, transform our situations. He's the one who can heal relationships. He's the one who can make the difference. And so um, before Pastor Register comes back, um, I just want to take an opportunity for us to pray and to reach out to the Lord. And if you have a need tonight, I just encourage you. Jesus is the miracle maker. He's the one who wants to make a difference in your life. And so if you have a need, I just ask you to take a step of faith, lift your hand. Maybe those around you uh, would reach out and pray with you. And uh, let's just believe the Lord together tonight.